Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Whiskey drinkers and club goers, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Green, and that's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's funny man, Josh Prey, isn't it? It is, man. Josh comes on, sits down with Melissa, and talks about all of the stuff he's doing. And this guy posts pretty frequently on all the social media. He's pretty big on TikTok and stuff. So, nice. uh, TikTok's like the new big thing, man. I love TikTok. I, you know what? It's not even new, but I love it. I get it. stuck watching yeah. TikTok. You know, yeah. and it's just like one. And sometimes they're great, sometimes they're lame, sometimes they're just like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, right? And it's sometimes funny it's because cringy. I was an early adopter of watching TikTok videos. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've been watching TikTok videos for years when it was still called right. musically. Musically, yeah, yeah. And some of the people that were really popular there are still somewhat popular, but not like it's it's kind of gone beyond the whole. There's still a lot of the. Um, Lip syncing. Right. Right. But it's starting to get beyond that now. Oh, it's so beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because some of the some of the people that were big on the lip syncing, and, and maybe this is, you know what? We'll talk about this another time. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot <laughs> well. of weirdness around TikTok and, and uh, some other things. But all the social media aspects. Can you hear that train? No, I don't. Oh, really? There's a train behind me, which is kind of cool. You guys are going to hear this here in a second. Uh, I, it, it's interesting. So it's always fun to meet somebody that is, you know, a quote-unquote influencer, I guess, in a lot of ways. And I think Josh Prey kind of, he's a comedian, but the amount he, he posts and the followers that he has. Yeah, you hear it now, though, don't you? I heard that train. I heard that train. Yeah. Woo! Let's, let's roll down oh, a window. I, I can see it in your camera behind you. <laughs> There you go. Well, I mean, I know what you're trying to say. What do you say we just get into it and listen to Josh Bray and Melissa talk? Oh, well, fine. Because <laughs> he's funnier than we are. So, I mean, he's much funnier than we are, that's for sure. All right, here we go. This is Spoiler Country, and I'm Melissa Sercha. Today, I'm very excited for my guest today on the show. I have the super funny comedian, Josh Prey, with me today. How are you? I'm so good. Oh, my gosh. The pressure is on. When they say super funny, oh, it's so much pressure. <laughs> no, no. You are super funny. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you, Melissa. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you uh, become a comedian? Like, What uh, made you want to become a comedian? Well, I was, I was a security guard at a hotel. And I absolutely hated my job. And I just can't hate stuff. I'm such a positive person. Mm-hmm. And I like to be happy. So I, I came home one day, literally, this is how it happened. I came home one day in 2014, November 28th. And I said, I have to do something that I like to do. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I'm going to have a comedy show in January. This is That's exactly how it happened. I said, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to make people laugh. And I'm going to have fun doing it. And two months later, I threw my uh, first comedy show. And I was absolutely terrible. I was horrible. <laughs> uh, I bombed my first comedy show, but the turnout was great. And I stuck with it. That's awesome. Did you have, you know, your material? Where, did you just kind of work on that for two months straight? Or did you have stuff that had been kind of like brewing in your head for a while before that? I did not. What happened was I, I put a bunch of jokes together and I thought, hey, I think it's funny. My friends think it's funny. The world's going to think it's funny. <laughs> and I went up there trying to tell jokes word for word, um, how I mem- remember them, and nobody laughed. But I had I had the, the ingredients. I just didn't know how to bake the pie at the time. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It just takes time and practice, right? Yes, ma'am. What's your favorite uh, stand-up comedy special? It's very weird. I'm 36 years old, so I'm like at that age where this generation thinks I'm old, but I'm still young in my <laughs> mind. Martin Lawrence, run tell that. I just seen, and it's crazy, I just watched Eddie Murphy's Delirious for the mm-hmm. very first time. That might be the greatest stand-up ever. And I really like Don Rickles. He just passed away at like 93, I believe. Yeah, He's probably the greatest comic ever. So I love his, his roast and stand-up specials. Nice. Yeah, no, Delirious is great. You just saw that recently? Like, I saw it like two weeks ago for the first time ever. Wow. Did you watch Raw? I didn't watch Raw. The thing is, I don't watch stand-up. Like, okay. I don't watch no stand-up. I don't follow comedians. I don't watch stand-up. I don't study comedians. I'm so, like, unorthodox. Like, other comedians hate me. <laughs> I they doubt do. that. Like, hate me. They <laughs> they do. Right. You got beef with other comedians. <laughs> Well, the first the first video I saw of yours was the the Outlander one, and the one where you're talking about you hadn't seen it yet. It was just the previews, and I was laughing so hard because I actually watched the first season and I just like could not get into it. Do more. Yeah, I know. I was like after the first season, I'm like, oh, this isn't this is really intense. What do you love about that show? I mean, because you seem to be really into it every season. You're like, you know, what happened was. My manager, she was like, Josh, you got to watch Bridgerton on Netflix, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to watch no Bridgerton because I don't watch TV. I'm super, like, awkward. <laughs> I don't watch TV shows. I had never seen Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. I don't watch anything, right? Yeah. So she was like, you got to watch Bridgerton. So I watched Bridgerton, and I didn't only want to admit it, but Bridgerton had me hooked the way it was passionate, and mm-hmm. they were kissing without kissing and touching hands, and they were getting pregnant while breathing on each other. So... <laughs> I told her, I was like, listen, I need something like Bridgerton. And she was like, well, you can watch Outlander. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. She was like, Josh, but Outlander is nothing like Bridgerton. Nothing. And in my mind, I was like, it's a peace period. It's a period piece, period piece I'm sorry. Mm. And I put on Outlander in the first episode. It was kind of slow. I'm like, okay, this isn't my speed. Got through the second one. That third episode, when I realized, wait, what? Like, this is this is high school history and mm-hmm. love and sex and violence and war all mixed in one. I got hooked. And then like the, the lead character, Jamin, I'm just like, I'm a huge fan of Jamin because he is the king of men. He is everything. He is <laughs> Superman with no king. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it was just so violent, I think. And, you know, I watch a lot of violent stuff. I watch Game of Thrones. But for some reason, that first season, I was just like, like, what what happened to Jamie? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know if I can keep watching this show. It's so intense. Yes. You talking about the episode? Oh, my God. Oh, yes. my God. I couldn't even, like, oh I had to fast forward it because it just went on and on. But I think that's what, like, hooked me. Not that scene, but <laughs> it was no, it was no, they were holding no punches. They were, this is what it was. This is how it was. And we are going to take the most masculine man on the face of the earth and and <laughs> make him defenseless, in a sense. Yeah. And I just felt like. That was one of the grading writing experiences I had ever seen. So I got addicted. And then the Outlander fans, they won't let me go now. Yeah. <laughs> You're part of the team. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, you know, you have so many funny videos. Like, I love <laughs> I love when you do the five reasons, the game five night. Things. Yeah, five things. Yeah. The, the game night was so funny and so true. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, about four years ago. About three, four years ago, I just wanted to be inclusive. And I and I did all my, I do comedy and I talk about a lot of stuff and uh, racial tensions here in America, at least from where I'm at, they're so high. And I was like, you know what? It's always like it's these negative stereotypes about everybody's race, black people, white people, Spanish people, whatever. And I said, you know what? I want to like celebrate some of the positive goofiness of each <laughs> culture. And surprisingly. Uh, white folks love to laugh right. and they do not mind admitting, hey, we have a lot of fun and sometimes we take it to the extreme. So a lot of my videos started centering around my adventures with my Caucasian friends. And uh, that's when I started getting invited to other places and other events and experiencing other cultures. 
Yeah, no, that's great. And they're just, they're hilarious, but you know, there's always truth to it. And it's great that you can like poke fun, you know, at yourself and at other people. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the game night one had me going because I've had game nights at my house and it's the same thing. Like we were saying, <laughs> it's not over till we've got like the covers were passed down on the couch, three bottles of wine down, you know, <laughs> it's like no one's going home. <laughs> I know y'all listen, y'all play when I say y'all, I'm just talking about anybody that's Caucasian. They play this game called Last Man Standing, and it's an unofficial game. <laughs> Nobody knows they're playing, but the, the last person to fall asleep wins bragging rights or something. Like right. I don't know how y'all do it. Right. Well, no, we're serious about our games. And the other one that got my attention to what's kind of funny is the the one you do about the cooking, where when you go over to a white person's house, you know, it's it's a lot different when they're cooking. And I'm actually I'm Sicilian. So I actually identified more with when you were talking about like, you know, your your family or and um mm-hmm. and black folks. I was like, oh no, no, no. I I don't cook like a white person because I, you know, I'm Italian. And it was so funny with the allspice, the like the allspice. Yes. Spice. <laughs> yes. And see, that, and, and that's another great thing. When people are watching these videos, I love to like, so I, I read some comments and I love to see the comments where they say, wait, I'm 40 years old and I just realized I might not be white. I might yeah. be black <laughs> or I might be Mexican. Like, I love it because then through my videos, you can see how, how similar and how alike we are. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think in the cooking video, I said the one joke about white women don't play with other people in their kitchen. No. <laughs> and, and in the movies, the movies, it looked like, oh my gosh, come in the kitchen, taste this, honey. No. When in real life, I've endured some wet rag whoopings for my mama. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen some spatula and spoon whoopings get, uh, be given out in some of my white friends' houses. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are just the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I cannot stand if anyone's in my kitchen when I'm cooking. I'm like, get out of my way. <laughs> like I'm in my zone, got my rhythm down, you know. I yell and scream at people to to get out. The holidays are really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So another video I had to have to talk about because this literally made me like cry laughing is Martha Stewart <laughs> being a thirst trap. <laughs> listen. Okay, listen. <sighs> listen, listen. Martha Stewart is sneaky fine. I don't know where this came from. I never paid attention to Martha. I want to ad- I want to admit that I looked over Martha and and somebody inboxed me this picture and it was like, "Josh, you got to talk about Martha Stewart cuz people know I got a thing for Judge Judy. I like Judge Judy." Oh, wow. I did. okay. <laughs> Judge Judge Judy is built. I don't I don't care what nobody say. So I, I looked at the picture of Martha Stewart. I'm like, Martha Stewart is sitting thirst traps. Martha Stewart is out here looking 45 and 50. And I found out Martha Stewart is almost 80. Oh, wow. And, and I didn't know that. But if Martha Stewart is listening, Martha Stewart, we can go knitting. We can go to the bingo hall. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. Okay, Martha, Josh Prey is on your trail. <laughs> she, you know, that picture was surprisingly it wasn't what I was expecting. You know, you see her on TV, but when you posted that photo and did your video, I thought, wow, she looks really good. I did not see? know she was almost 80. 79 years old. Martha wow. Stewart got lips like a 25-year-old. <laughs> so I'm so just Martha. Her, <laughs> right. her name, her name is decades old. Nobody names their daughter Martha anymore. That's true. <laughs> that is like an old, old-timey name. <laughs> Think about being a mom in a hospital and your baby coming out. You say, we're going to name her Martha. Never, never happened. Martha Stewart is classic. Yeah. No, she's been around forever. And, and she's like a super chill, you know, person. She's evolved so much in her career, you know, from, from like how you pointed out doing time. And then she had that show with Snoop Dogg and it's, it's interesting to see how she's evolved, you know? I I, want to attribute some of that to doing some time in prison, being in the pen and, getting her Tupac on right. the pen. She probably got a rap album. We don't even know. That's true. That's coming next. <laughs> Speaking of uh, rap albums, your song is so good. Uh, I watched the video. The um, Oh my gosh, you really did your research. Oh, heck yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Man, um, you talking about the uh, country music never did me wrong? Yeah, that's that was a sick beat. Did you make that beat or do you have a friend do it? No, I, I went on a... I went on the web, a website called, I think, SoundClick or something. And so I have a really big country music support base. I don't like to say fan base, so support base. Okay. And they were like, Josh Prey, you should do a country music song. And my thing is, I can't sing. People think I can sing because I can hum in the shower with nobody around. <laughs> and I was home. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a country music song, and I'm not going to take it 
advantage of the support base by mm-hmm. just putting out anything called the country music. So I'm going to do something in my range. So I, I sat in my house, I got the beat, and I came up with the hook, which was super simple. But I, I didn't write any of it down. I booked the studio in Cape Coral, Florida, went to, went to a guy named Steve Woods' um, studio. Okay. And he was laughing. He was like, Josh, you going to do a country song? I said, listen. <laughs> I said, I'm going to do a country song, and I'm going to do it me. I'm not going to put on a cowboy hat. I'm not going to put on tight jeans. I'm going to be myself in this video and people are going to appreciate me for it and it happened the only thing that okay so something that nobody knows that video the original video was shot in in a project in Immokalee Florida and if people aren't familiar with the projects it's like it's a it's a lower income area Mm -hmm. and I wanted the grittiness of it so the original video had like (laughs) A bunch of guys with long hair and gold teeth and a lot of necklaces on <laughs> and cars with big rims. And it was going to be um, even more urban, but just to show how we all can get along and whatnot. But um, we recorded yeah. that video for like 12 hours and the cameraman lost all the footage. Oh like my all God. Oh no. Yeah, I, was so, I was so upset. So, <sighs> so that was the second video you guys got to see. Wow. Well, that was a good one too. I mean, it was simple, you know, it was just you and, and a friend and that was not a good friend of yours. It was not someone you hired. No, 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 that guy, that, that's, that's my best friend. And, we, and the reason we were laughing so hard in the video, we were having so much fun because all, if you go look at the video, all the necklaces, he has like 12 chains like that. <laughs> he only had like eight for the video, but he actually owns a mobile oil change company in Naples, Florida. He has like six bands and he's a very professional guy. But we've all been young before. So I told him, I was like, get your jewelry. Just come be in my video. Come be stupid. Be unprofessional. We were actually in in one of his work vans during my video shoot. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's fun to do stuff with friends too, because then you can like kind of relax and and not feel nervous about it, you know? Of course. See, I'm I'm, com- I'm comfortable right now because Melissa's my friend now. That's right. <laughs> so how do you get your ideas? Like, do you, I know you, you said you get a lot of suggestions from, from your fans, but yeah, like, where do you, where do you decide? Like, okay, this is the video I'm going to post today. It depends on, and, and, and unfortunately, because of the times we're living on, living in, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It depends on the um, social climate of the day because things change from hour to hour. I always have ideas. Like I'll have like, like, okay. So one series I love to do is uh, a series about women in, in the in the woman anatomy, um, things women go through. Me being a man, I feel like a lot of men are unaware mm-hmm. of some of the seriousness of women and their conditions and whatnot. And women aren't to just be objectified, right? right? So I wake up, like yesterday, I wanted to do something about mammograms and bras for women. I wanted to do that. It's already, it's already recorded. I wanted to put it out. But then other things happen. So I couldn't put those videos out because those videos would have seemed insensitive to some of the things that were going on. Right. I look for inspiration, like everyday things. I never want to do content about things that we don't go through. And, and I try to, I try to think, okay, what is somebody thinking right now in this situation? One day I was in my kitchen and uh, we didn't have any bottled water and I, and I wanted some water. And uh, my son was like, daddy, just drink sink water. And I kind of looked at him like, you drink sink water. I ain't drinking no sink water. And it was funny because I'm like, a part of the world probably feels just like me. But we grew up drinking water out the water hose straight from a house. Right. Yeah. And I try to take those situations and just turn them into comedy and content. Just like real life situations that people can relate to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you have over close to 2 million followers on Facebook right now i have two i have 2.9 million followers i got 1.9 million likes wow that's okay so it was the likes i was looking at okay um on your page how long did it take you to build that platform i mean have you would you Uh, get a lot right away or has this been like a slow build from 2014 to 2016 i had it took me two years to get a hundred thousand followers and then from 2016 to 2017 I gained like 600,000 followers. And then 2017 to now, I've slowly gained where I'm at now and I'm steady climbing. I'm starting to climb across all platforms. I have 260,000 subscribers on YouTube. I think I got like 170, 160 on Instagram, 25,000 on Twitter. I try to use all the platforms equally. I just can't. Facebook is, is where I have the most fun at because I feel like it's the most adult 
I feel yeah. like Facebook is the new TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm a, a old guy when I go to Instagram and whatnot, but I try to use it. TikTok, I just cannot get TikTok. Oh my God. I have, Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have like 70,000 followers on TikTok, but I just cannot get TikTok. I wish I could. I just can't. Yeah. But it's, it was a, it was a slow build and you got to have some patience and you got to have, you definitely got to have some belief in it. Did you think there was like one particular video that kind of you posted and all of a sudden kind of skyrocketed you up a little bit more? Of course, 2015 in January, my mother, my mother, and I do a lot of comedy content with my mother because I don't wear wigs. I don't wear dresses. Um, mm. So when I want a woman in my video, I go to my mom. But in 2015, we did a skit called Riding in the Car with Mama. And up until I got to her, I had like, I don't know, 15,000 followers or something. And when we when I did the skit with her, it went from fifteen to like fifty thousand because that video went viral. It did like three million views in like two days. Wow! And at that time, that was a lot of views, and so that went viral. And they got me there. And then I posted a video about Jennifer Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez actually retweeted it and put it on her Instagram. Oh, cool! And shared it on her Facebook in like two thousand fifteen, and that did four million views in one day. And ever since the J Lo video, I arrived. Yeah. Well, that was nice of her to do that because that's such a boost when a celebrity retweets your stuff, you know? Yeah, you, it used to be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's ah, old news now. <laughs> yeah. It used to be like, oh my gosh, like Jennifer Lopez. And <laughs> and now people like, we, and it's super weird, but like people consider me a celebrity in some rights. Mm-hmm. So it's not as exciting no more. I miss being that excited. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are a celebrity, I think, because, you know, the following, the the online presence that, that you have. Yeah. Are you, do you have an agent? Like, are you trying to get into film at all? I'm, um, I'm skeptical about film because my, my heart, so I'm a Christian man. Um, I'm a Bible believer, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. My mother's a co-pastor of a church. And I always feel that God gives you what you, you truly desire. And when I came into comedy, I never truly de- desired film. Everything I've ever desired and wanted in this uh, industry, I've attained, obtained it. I'm not dying to get into film, but if it happens, it'll be cool. I don't have an agent. I don't have an agent. I have a, a manager and she's more like my best friend, my lobbyist, my spokesperson, but she does all of the things that Josh Prey doesn't want to do. So all I have to do is create content. And she handles the phone calls and the emails and the booking fees and things like that. Nice. But I don't have a traditional agent. Nah. Okay. So you're like the door's open, but you're not like actively pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah. The d- door's definitely open, but you just, you just want to be, I would tell, I would give this advice to anybody. You don't want to put all your faith and belief into one system. You got to do the work regardless. Yeah. And with the way the world is set up today with the internet and social media and whatnot, if you can't at least get to the door, then you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Now, an agent may have to walk you through the door, but I want to be able to get to the building by myself. Yeah. Well, you know, if you keep growing the way you are with your following, you may even have people approaching you at some point, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, the other thing maybe you could do, since you seem to be doing it really well, is your own cooking show. Yeah. I I, I can't. So I can't. So Melissa, I cannot. And I, can I call you Melissa? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Melissa, I cannot cook. I before I can kind of now. Before I did the cooking live with Josh Prey, I couldn't boil a hot dog like at all. <laughs> and the show, and I go live on Face. I used to go live on Facebook twice a week, Wednesday and uh Sundays. I used to do fan mail Wednesday where I, I would encourage supporters to send me mail. Like if you had a small business mm-hmm. on Wednesday, I would not charge to to put your business out there and tell people to go to your business. I would do this thing to encourage people with small businesses. Hey, send me some of your products and I'll talk about it on my live. And then nice. I would go live on Sundays and just tell jokes for like 45 minutes. And it bored me. The people liked it, but it wasn't fulfilling for me. And I said, you know what? I want to do something that's fulfilling for me and fun. And we're learning together. So I started doing the cooking live with Josh Prey. And I've actually learned how to cook now and measure stuff and temperatures and taste stuff. And it's awesome. That's cool. Now, what's your like go-to meal that you cook for yourself or for your kids? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, listen to to anybody that's Italian. Black people eat more spaghetti than Italians. (laughs) 
So let's let's just eliminate that myth and that stereotype. Black people eat more. My mama made me eat more spaghetti growing up than any Italian has ever made. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and on the other end, the stereotype, you know, growing up as an Italian, but people thought I just ate pasta like all the time. And I'm like, no, we, we actually eat Mexican food and Asian food. And we see? You see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I probably make pasta like once every a couple of months and then I'm making people, tacos people every other night. <laughs> you see, people think, yeah, black people, you guys eat fried chicken a lot. Nah, we eat fried spaghetti a lot. <laughs> fried spaghetti. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's hilarious how, how people try to, you know, pigeonhole you. And especially when you're a kid, I grew up in the 90s. I'm 41. And so, you know, back then there was no internet. There was no, it was just like what you saw on TV. So it was two things always that they would ask me, how much pasta do I eat? And is my dad in the mafia? (laughs) You see see what I mean? You see what I mean? And, (laughs) but no, seriously, was your dad part of the mafia? No. (laughs) I mean, you could, I mean, you could tell me, I ain't gonna tell nobody of y'all secrets. Right, right. No, no, he's he's in the restaurant business. So do you watch any cooking shows? Like, did you, when you were trying to learn how to cook, did you watch any like the Food Network stuff? I don't, I didn't watch anything. And the reason, the reason I don't watch cooking shows or anything that I do is because I never want to sound like anybody and I never want to seem like anybody. I don't want nobody to see my comedy or my cooking show or my lives and say, he sounds just like this guy or he's coming off like this woman. I want to just be as authentic as possible. And when I did the cooking show, naturally, I think the lady's name was Auntie Fee or Faye or something like that. Okay. And um, I think she may have passed away. If she has, bless her soul. If she hasn't, I apologize. <laughs> it was coming from in comments from the fans. They was like, you should do a show with her. And I'm like, yeah, nah, nah, I don't want to do a show with, with anybody because <laughs> I, I, I kind of got my own thing going. Last week, I actually had a special guest. She's a real big radio personality in the area I'm from. And she was absolutely terrific. But I realized after the show that I couldn't fully be Josh Prey on the cooking segment because Mm. I had somebody else in the kitchen with me. So So, throwing you off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to figure out how to, I'm going to have to figure out how to coexist with somebody if I'm going to have people on the show with me. Yeah. And I think you just have to find that rhythm which, you know, it's hard at first. And then once you, it's like actually doing a, a radio show with another host, you have to, you know, we have to find that rhythm. So we bounce off each other and it's different when you do it on your own, you just think you're doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I have a, I, I kind of have a character I play while I'm doing the cooking show, what the fans, I keep saying fans, what the yeah. viewers, what the viewers absolutely love. And I want to maintain that. I don't want nobody to see me as different in the thing about going live with a woman, it's a different day and age. And I was very careful about seeming overbearing mm. or I forgot the other word, just like, it's less another word. I'm going brain dead right now. But I didn't want to seem like I was too possessive of my segment. And I actually got one message and I was surprised, but I got, of course I got one message where somebody was like, you were mean to that young lady and you were so big and she was so small. And I don't like that. And in my head, I was like, I went out of my way to make sure she spoke. I stayed like two, three feet away from her at all times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people are just really sensitive right now, you know, with, with everything that's been going on, you know, and, you know, as far as like, well, how do you feel about that? Like this whole cancel culture thing? I think that the thing about the cancel culture is so, so a situation happened with um, country music artist Morgan Wallen. And it's an elephant in the room, but, and he said, he said something and my feelings on it was the word, the, what he said is, is going to hurt people because it's a very sensitive word and the word has negative history behind it and whatnot. I think Morgan Wadden is young and I don't think he's counseled forever. I don't think he should be counseled forever. I think he needs to understand where the word came from and meet with real people, not just people in the higher upper echelons of society. He needs to meet with real people, the real people that he may affect. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to canceling people, we can choose our actions and the things we say, but we can't choose how people respond to us. Mm-hmm. And from and, and throughout history, cancel culture has always been a thing. The internet has given people a bigger voice is, is what's going on. I remember when I spoke about some of the issues that were going on last March in April, 
Mm-hmm. And I spoke about it. And I was just speaking as a black man and how I felt, right? And majority of my fan base is Caucasian. And I appreciate and thank God for my fan base, like yeah. regularly, right? And I lost, I don't know, when I spoke out and just said, like, as a black individual, as a black male, sometimes I am concerned. And I, and I just put it like that, whatever. I want to say I lost like 10,000 followers in like 20 minutes. Wow. Just for saying that. It hurt my feelings at first because I'm like, wow, like me just expressing how I feel as a, a human, you guys are upset. But then you, you got to come back and you got to realize if, if there's a million people and 500,000 people hate you, 500,000 people still love you. Mm-hmm. And it's where you place your joy at. So cancel culture it's re- is real and it's not real. Your people are only as people are only as important as you allow people to be. Yeah. And and Morgan knows his heart. He knows how he feels. He's going to he's going to eventually make amends and bless him. God bless him, him and his family and his situation. Do I like cancel culture? Nah, because I don't feel like everybody with a voice can tell me how important I am or un- unimportant I am. Yeah. Well, and it seems to be, you know, also directed a lot at like com- toward comedians. And I think it was Leslie Jones that came out and was like, you have to stop trying to censor comedians because, you know, it's it's jokes. It's it's not trying to be offensive, you know, like when Kevin Hart got a bunch of flack and what's the, the one that ripped up a p- photo of Trump, you know, and she was canceled. So it's interesting how people are trying to come after comedians as well. I think. I think, okay, I will say this, and some comedians may hate me for it, but it is what it is. I think some comedians hide behind a moniker of I'm a comedian because some things you just, you got to be careful in saying. Like, so I have a strong faith, right? I don't play about God. Like, you won't never find me joking about God and Jesus in my comedy, right? Mm -hmm. If if I talk about God and Jesus, I'm praising him. And you're going to understand my message in the, in the, the humor. But some comedians say something very anti-Semitic. They, they may say something homophobic and, and not even and everything can be said in a tasteful manner. I have a joke about and wait, what is our audience? PG, PG-13? Oh, it's no, it's whatever you want to say. Okay. <laughs> no, no censorship I, 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 here. Yeah, I don't want to be too vulgar anyways. But I have a joke about um getting my taint licked, right? Mm-hmm. And and I tell this joke, and throughout the joke. I always reiterate. Now I'm a. I always reiterate. Now I'm a man. I, I, you 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 can't put nothing in me. I'm a man. I don't like that now. But if you're a man and you like that, that's your thing. But don't put nothing in me. <laughs> and I tell that joke, and I go out of my way to make sure. Not that I don't want to offend anybody, but to let them know I'm not homo. I'm not a homosexual. Mm. If you are a homosexual, you can be a homosexual. It's not me. But in this joke, I understand why. And things can be tastefully done and things can be written correctly. I think people sometimes just hide behind, well, I'm a comedian. And if it hurts your feeling, you can't take a joke. That's not fair. It's not fair to everybody. I remember Leslie Jones had a situation where she deleted her Twitter because people were making fun of the way she looked when she put out the Ghostbusters movie. Right. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And she went off Twitter because she couldn't take it because people were being very harsh. Yeah. And we as we as entertainers, we got to understand we got to understand, number one, we're not essential. And if you don't know, if you don't realize you ain't essential, <laughs> look at who was out of business last year when everything shut down. Yeah. Our job and our careers, we're a luxury. Doctors are essential. First responders are essential. Food workers are essential. But to be a comedian, nobody's going to die if I don't tell a joke on the Internet. You may not be as happy, but you ain't going to die. Right. And we got to understand we are a public service to the people and we got to be careful. We want to make people feel good. I don't want to make nobody just mad on purpose, <laughs> but and some people may get offended. Like if I tell a joke and a thousand people laugh and three get offended. Okay. You three people ain't get the joke. But if I tell a joke and 997 are offended and three people <laughs> laugh, then I've screwed up. That joke was terrible. Yeah. Well, it seems like most of your videos are are positive, you know, and, and you've described yourself as being positive and inclusive. And I like that 
that there is this like positivity and lightness. You have great energy, like great delivery when you're doing your mm-hmm. videos. And how do you how do you keep your positivity? I mean, we're in a pandemic. We you know we were talking about cancel culture and you know a lot of division and stuff. How do you stay positive? So what so what I try to do, and this is just a Josh Prey thing. I and it, it may be very difficult for some people. So let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. I literally cut off anything negative in my life. So if I have a friend and, and they're always down and people go through days because me being a comedian and we can get into that in a few minutes if you like, mm-hmm. but me being a comedian, I have my moments where I'm not as happy and whatnot, but I try to stay away from naysayers, doubters. I stay away from negative things on social media, like I'm racial divide, politics, classism. I pray a lot. I, I think happy thoughts a lot. And I know it sounds super cliche, like Peter Pan, think happy thoughts and you can fly. (laughs) I really think happy thoughts a lot. I go where I'm celebrated. I I run away from where I'm not celebrated. One One of the bigger things I do, and some people don't understand when I say this, I keep yes people around me. Mm. And people always say, well, you can't have a bunch of yes men or yes women because they're not telling you the truth. That's not true. You want to keep people around that say, Yes, that's an idea. May not be a good idea, but that's an idea. Go for it. Yes, you can try that. Yes, I want you to be happy. Like you just got to find the positive positiveness in things and anything I try to come into, I try to make sure I'm positive about is in this day and age with the pandemic and quarantine and racial relations and things like that. It seems difficult, but it's not as hard as people think it is. Yeah. And do you think the pandemic and everything has kind of helped your creativity or or hindered it in any way? It's definitely hindered it because a lot of my content is based on me traveling mm. and me being in different environments. So, excuse me. So I the furthest I've been, I live in Naples, Florida. So the furthest I've been in Florida has been Orlando, Florida. And that's like three and a half hours away. Yeah. And between Naples and Florida and Naples and Orlando, I have to find a gas station to go into. That's different from my community. I, I try to go to very small, socially distanced events where I can pick up something. I try to stay away from the news and watch older movies so I can review and react to those. I I I flourished because I was so many places. So I was able to talk about so many different things. Me, me being quarantined, not quarantined, me being in a partial lockdown mm-hmm. is hindered flying and traveling and things like that. But it, it, it'll open up when it's time to open up, I assume. Yeah. Are you still on uh, lockdown in Florida or in your city? Oh, gosh, no. This is Florida. Like, <laughs> I'm in California. <laughs> you know, this is Florida. We've been 100% open for about eight months, seven months. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm in California, so it's it's there in Northern California, and it's been pretty strict strict here. I mean, they tried to open us up for a little bit, and then we're we're currently back on lockdown right now. <laughs> See, nah, Florida, like there are areas in Florida where you don't even have to wear a mask. Wow. So wow. nah, we we wide we we wide open in Florida. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't state open. That doesn't mean I am. And you were born in Florida. Are you from there? Yeah, um, born and raised in born and raised in Florida. Never want to leave it. I, I I hope and pray that I can handle all my business out of Naples, Florida. It actually is a beautiful community, very safe, beautiful beaches, nice people. You know, um, yeah. I hope I can reside here forever until yeah. it goes underwater in a couple of years. Oh, <laughs> right, another hurricane or something. You know, the real sunshine state. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I've never been to Florida. That's it's on it's on my list. But um, are you serious? Yeah, and I've never been. I've been to, I think the furthest I've, well, I've been to New York and, and Georgia, That's but never any further than Georgia. So How do you go to Georgia and not go to Florida? Like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I know. I, I need to go to Florida. There's, you know, they got what beautiful beaches, lots of good restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. They got um, rich people, um, <laughs> rich single people. <laughs> you know. Now, Florida's the, Florida's the wave. We're a little cuckoo, but it's the wave. I promise. Nice. <laughs> what's what's a typical day like for you as you know Josh the comedian? Josh the comedian. Okay, glad you specified. Yeah. I you know I wake up, do my father's stuff. No TVs are on in my house. I'll sit. I'll look at what's trending on the internet, whatnot. I'll ignore all of it. Then I put my phone down. I'll probably play the video game for like twenty minutes, and I'm not even playing with you. I walk around my <laughs> kitchen. 
pick my phone back up, look at what's trending again. Then I'll sit and listen to slow music. I love R&B music. So I sit and listen to R&B music, set up my tripod. I record some stuff, delete everything I recorded for the last hour because it's not funny. <laughs> then, then I record it again, take a shower, go to the gym. I keep a tripod at my house and I keep a tripod in my car. So if I'm out somewhere and I want to pull up in front of a store or a restaurant or a park, I'm often in the park so I can record real fast. All my day, seven days a week, I base it around comedy. I rarely take a day off. Oh, wow. Seven days yeah. a week. That's crazy. Seven days you're, a week. You're dedicated. I try to be. Yeah. I found something else out that I wanted. I wasn't sure if this was you, I, unless I don't think there's another Josh Prey out there, but did you write a book? No. Nah, you want to know what's cool about that? So this Caucasian gentleman named Josh Prey, super nice guy. <laughs> Years ago, he messaged my manager. He messaged Tara. And he was like, um, listen, he was like, I think I'm a great writer. I think I'm cool. I think I'm handsome. But there's no way that 10,000 people care about me. And what happened was I did a video and people started tagging him because we, we shared the same name. <laughs> um, so he, so he, he, wrote, he uh, messaged us and told us, like, he thinks I'm funny. He even put it on his page. He was like, I think Josh Prey, he's a funny guy, really talented. <laughs> So if you want to laugh, go to him. If you want to read some boring books, come to me. And <laughs> I want to reach back out to him because I'd love to get an autographed book from him. That'd be yeah. dope. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I went on to uh, Amazon and I looked at the book. And I mean, I think it's been on there for a while. It's been published for a while. And, you know, sometimes on the internet, you get wrong information. So I just wanted to like double check. I'm like, I don't think this is you, but I want to make sure. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm not talented enough to write a book. Do not, <laughs> do not tip me. Don't no, actually, I think you could write a book. I think it would be, you know, either a memoir or, you know, like a funny anecdote type of a book. So I want to write. I want to write. And I could put this out there because you can't steal my idea like mm -hmm. nobody. But mm -hmm. I want to write um, five things I've learned from hanging with white people. Yeah. And, and I want to do a rundown of some of my favorite videos and sketches and whatnot. And just to put that out there, you know, just another positive thing about can't we all just get along, man? Right. And what are your, what are some of your favorites? Like hanging out with your white friends and then you've made the videos. What are some of your favorite things that maybe like surprised you or just made you laugh? Let me see. So, I mean, I, I did a video called Five Things I Learned While Bowling With My White Friends. <laughs> that shocked me because I, did, I never knew how competitive men were when it came to bowling. Like <laughs> I've been bowling with some of my homeboys I grew up with, but when I went with my white homeboys, it's a totally different level. Like I'm talking about you've known this man for 10 years and he's never mentioned that he had a made authentic bowling ball with a bowling glove, with a bowling bag, with bowling shoes. This has never come up in conversation. <laughs> and we get to the bowling alley and people know him by name. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Like <laughs> you come here every Tuesday and Wednesday for the last six years and you've never told me? Clubbing with white friends. That was a hilarious video. That was one of my favorite videos. And, and what surprised me was the audacity of white women. Because when white women go out, they do not play. They are friendly. They are flirtatious. They are dangerous. They are protective. They will coyote ugly. They will help you fight. They will, they will introduce you to people. They will hate on you if you're trying to holler at somebody. Like, white women are, like, the dopest to hang out with. Like, the coolest women to hang out with. Um, <laughs> I did a video about camping. I always say in my, my jokes, even when I'm on stage, if the world ends and zombies attack, get you a white friend because mm -hmm. they somehow become John Wick in a second. <laughs> you so work true. with Karen your whole life. And all of a sudden she knows how to use a knife and start a fire and skin a fish with the <laughs> fish's bones. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. You know, it's funny. Italians, we don't, we don't really camp. Like we're not, we don't do the, the whole outdoorsy thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you said you're Sicilian, right? Yeah, my dad was born there, and you know, growing up, we we never did the tent thing. Like my dad's idea of camping was getting like a really nice cabin <laughs> with a fireplace and a kitchen. And <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Sicilians are like black people, right? Yeah, that's our that's our heritage. Yeah, that's our ancestry. Is uh, it's Arab and African. We're actually close well so the island that my family is from it's called Moretimo and when you're on the beach you can actually look across and see the coast of Tunisia Word. it's close yeah 
It's very close. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so cool. So basically your hair is like mine and you got olive skin. No, and I don't actually. And you know what's funny that you brought that up? I just got into it with someone on TikTok the other day because I'm actually light skinned, light eyes, and they were sort of questioning like the fact that I was really Sicilian or not. So I kind of had to be like, you know, we don't all look alike. Like <laughs> there's different shades and and different, you know, eye color and features and stuff like that. But but then there are certain traits that, you know, I do have like a larger nose and, you know, things like that. But but yeah, no, most of my cousins. Melissa, so you basically like my cousin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, I do have I do have cousins that actually people think they're black when they when they meet them. They don't they don't think they're Italian. So you know, there's lots of different uh, lots of different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Anyways, before I let you go, I want to ask you, what are you, what are you working on next? Like, what can you tease us about any ideas, any shows you're going to review, any, anything you can tease? So, so, I'm prob- so when it comes to movies, I'm probably going to start reviewing some period pieces and things like that because I want to stick with what I'm go- where I'm going now. I don't want to do anything violent right now. Yeah. I'll probably get into that later in the year around springtime when people are back outside. I'm going to kick back. I'm going to get back on my chronic illness, disease videos. Those are very informative. Last year, I learned mm-hmm. about Chiari malformation. I learned about POTS. I learned about EDS. I learned about... Uh, gastroparesis. A lot of people are uninformed about a lot of the chronic illnesses. People think people complain for nothing when it's Mm -hmm. not true. It's just harder to self. I mean, it's harder. It's harder to diagnose some people. I'm actually, I was, it was a joke at first. It was definitely a joke, but people kept saying, Josh, you should get a cameo on Outlander season six. (laughs) And Sam Hugan, the executive producers from Outlander, the writer and creator of Outlander, they've all emailed me and talked to me. Wow. And, um, and now I'm really considering trying to get a spot on the show. And some some things have kind of transpired behind scenes. And I was like, you know what? It'll be cool for the Outlander supporters to see me on the show. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a huge fan base in Ireland. Ireland loves me and I love Ireland. And Scotland is right next door to Ireland. So yeah. it'll be a pretty cool transition. That's um, so exciting. Yeah. Um, when the world opens up a little bit more. I plan on doing a small tour, call it the colorblind tour. And the reason I'm calling it the colorblind tour, because everybody is welcome, is open to urban areas, country areas, suburban areas. Everybody's welcome on this tour. It's colorblind. I want to see black, white, Sicilians, (laughs) people from Florida in the audience. And um, Is that going to be like nationwide or just in your areas? No, nationwide. Right Right before the coronavirus struck the earth. I was actually setting up a tour in Ireland, Hawaii. Then I was going to do a South America tour. Then I was going to do the Midwest. And I was going to finish it in the North. But um, the coronavirus ended that. Yeah. And lastly, I'll probably get back into doing some of my country music videos because I love discovering new country music artists. The country music fan base is a very fun fan base. Very inclusive, although people like for it. People want to believe that it's not. It's a very inclusive genre. Mm-hmm. Um, very authentic and the country music fan base is a very supportive fan base or support base. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like you got a lot of cool stuff to look forward to and for us to look forward to. Yeah. So I just want to let people know, and we'll drop your links in the show notes as well, but you are on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they can just find you by searching Josh Prey. You know, everybody can find me by searching Josh Prey. I'm kind of let down. When I was going to do this podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I got somebody cool that's going to interview me on this podcast. And I went on my Instagram and Melissa doesn't follow me. So <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you right now. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know for sure if you were on Instagram or not. And then I, I tried to find you on Twitter and I I couldn't. Some Somebody else came up that had only like 40 followers with your name. And I was like, that's not him. There's no way. No, I, and, 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 oh, and please, I am verified on Instagram and in, in, uh, Facebook, and yes. I have 27,000 followers on Twitter. So if you see somebody saying they're going to have a giveaway, and this happens every single day, oh, it's weird. People scam you when you pop in. But I don't have $5,000 giveaways. I don't send out free requests on Facebook and Instagram. And if I'm going to have a giveaway, it's definitely going to be through me, by me. And I'll probably go live about it. So don't be, don't get scammed. Please don't. Yeah, there's a lot of trolls and bots and and fake 
you know, people actually, I think I saw one of the ones you were talking about on your page that somebody was, had kind of copied, mimicked your profile photo and stuff and was acting like they were you talking about a giveaway, but somebody called them out, I think on the comments and said, no, this is a scam. Yeah. And, and they don't even try hard no more. They like, they're just changing the picture and they're leaving their name. So it, it, the name would be like Farouk Lashai from Thailand. <laughs> Come get this giveaway. Give me your credit card information. Like, come on, please don't do that, people. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, and people please. actually told me, I'm going to sue you, Josh Prey, because I gave out my credit card information. <laughs> like, how are you going to sue me because you mm. gave out your information to a scammer? Yeah, that's that's another topic. Grown people. Grown people that can't make decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's another topic for another day. Anyways, well, thank you for coming on today. This has been really fun. I've enjoyed it. I did too. This is way more fun. It was cool. You asked dope questions. You are a terrific, and I mean, flawless interviewer. And I hope we can do this again. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have you back on because your content is, you know, ever-changing and there's so much to, I mean, we could talk for hours about everything that you've done. So I would definitely love to have you back on in the future and we can, you know, chat some more about uh, the cool stuff you're putting out. Let's do that. Let's, let's, Let's set a date and we'll make it happen. And we'll we'll definitely talk more about some more stuff I'm doing and we'll tell more jokes next time. Cool. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like fun. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out SpoilerVerse.com. Because at SpoilerVerse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. I like it, though. <laughs> it's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and... Oh my God! Are you a lover of comic books like we are? And then there's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com, and I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms, and Funny Book Forensics, and Haphazard Adventures, and Nerds in the Crypt, and so many more. Misery we Point put out Radio episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out, and. Check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Spoilerverse.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. If you want to help support the site, you can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind. And... <laughs>